0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Redeem Midweek Podcast. I'm Kurt, and I'm here with my father-in-law, Dr. Marty Schaefer. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. And apologize on the quality of the microphone. We are using the computer microphone because we've had computer problems, but we are ready and excited for this midweek podcast. Basically, we want to talk about the sermon that you just delivered. You know, as uh, someone who watches you prepare for your sermons, I know that you have about 10 pages of notes that you have to reduce down to three. And so I thought it'd be awesome to get you on this podcast and go a little bit deeper because I think this was an awesome message. Thank you. But also I think it is uh, something that's critical for us to understand as believers. So um, I'm going to actually read from Psalm 103. If you didn't listen to the message, you can actually just pop on the podcast in the podcast right before this one, listen to the message. But uh, Marty read out of Psalm 103 in the first five verses, and then verse 22. So let me read that real quick. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And then on to verse 22, which ends, Bless the Lord, all you works of his in all the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul.
1: So powerful. I thought I, I thought like I just saw an eagle flying through the yard there. But one of the questions <laughs> I've always had is, you know, this is a, a,
0: a term in a very popular psalm. Right. but bless the Lord when we dig into that what is actually being said there yeah thank you
1: and I really do appreciate having a little bit more time to go in deeper it is true whenever you take a portion of scripture and then you try to bring it into a story you try to bring it all the the life that was behind it the individual who wrote it and the application for today it really is tough and so I really prefer personally get to do podcast and teaching where it's more dynamic like this, and then instead of just sort of the uh, lecture address uh, preaching style. So I'm so grateful to get to do that. But to answer your question, the word bless is Barak, and it literally means to bless or to speak well of, to put your place in lifting another person up is that concept. And so even it's like, if I couldn't lift you up high enough, I would kneel before you to make you more high. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so the blessing is a way of of saying, I really see your value. I I value who you are. And it's a wonderful thing. And then in this, when it says, bless the Lord, let's remember this is David, as in King David. This is an individual who had uh, a lot of opportunity given to him. And I mean, he could command that things would be done and they would be done. And so he had all this authority, a lot of power, a lot of respect. And for him to come to this place of telling himself, because he says, oh, my soul, to bless the Lord. It's a pretty prestigious thing for us to lean into. One of the most popular, well-spoken of people that have ever walked on the face of this planet is using his position, his prestige, to literally humble himself to the point of saying, I lift you up, God, with everything that's in me, I lift you up. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I guess the power of it, and I'm jumping here, is that he not only tells us to do it, but he commands his very own soul to do it. And one of the things we're going to get into today, a little bit later on, is understanding the difference between a soul, a spirit, and a body. So yeah, but that that's Barack.
0: Yeah. So go on that. So bless the Lord, oh my soul. And 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 you know, as someone who was raised in a Christian home. You know, these, these things like soul, this word, you kind of grow up with it, but don't necessarily dig into the idea of the right. soul. So, oh, my soul and all that is within me. Talk about that concept, the soul.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think what works well for me is to start with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So I struggle in my own mind to be because I'm kind of a left brain person, even though I'm, I'm a wholehearted person. Um, there is that analytical strategic part of me. So when I say God is one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in my mind, one plus one plus one equals three, not one. Mm -hmm. But in scripture, one plus one plus one is one. It's it's different. So you kind of have to lean into that. But God's word is very clear. And the way that God uh, shares who he is to others is also clear that he is Father, that he is Son, that he is Holy Spirit, but he is one. So think on that for just one second. It's a little bit confusing. And now think on you and I, human beings. We are physical beings. We have a flesh. And in our flesh, we experience life, physical life, in the physical realm through our senses, through these five senses. We're also an individual who can make a choice. Or we have what's called a soul. Or what the psychologist, psychology, will call uh, the suko, which is... Uh, the place in a human being where he or she thinks and feels and makes a decision. So it's at some point we are choosing things. We choose in our soul. Some people say, I just don't feel it. Other people are saying, well, that does not make sense to me. So they're thinking it's, there's this, you know, you're going to be analytical. You're also going to be relational, but you are going to use your volition to choose that's your soul. And so we kind of call that too that the morality and the value base of a person. So everybody will will agree with that. The psychologists know it. They've studied it to, you know, no ends. We also understand very clearly that you have a physical body, that the body's decaying and it lives and grows certain ways. We can do brain tests. We know how the brain physically works in many ways now. But the part that's a little bit more mysterious for us, that's a little harder to connect with, is our spirit. And so God's word says that there is a spirit portion of us. In the Greek, it's pneuma. So we talked about the soul in Greek, that is suke. And then the body is, is sarx, and so was, which is where the word shark comes from, flesh eating, right? And so there, the Greek saw it very clearly at three. If you read the New Testament, there's different words for different uh, elements of the way a human being behaves. And so the spirit in Greek is pneuma. And so I like to share it like this: like if you're a tool person and you you have pneumatic tools, they're very different than a hand tool. Mm. A pneumatic tool is, is powered by air, and it's you know very uh, um, faster. It's just more it's more powerful. So your uh, pneuma human being is a place where the very wind, like the wind of the spirit, comes from. Nobody knows just exactly what's going on, but you can feel and know the wind when it hits you. It's there. And so scripture says in the innermost place is your spirit. That spirit is the place where you can know truth and eternal things, even though you and I are finite beings making the best decisions we can with only temporal resources. Mm -hmm. There's something deeper in us that knows eternity and knows truth that you can and give expression to the intangible, such as love and the other attributes of God. That's your spirit. Yeah.
0: And so you talk about Numa and the spirit in the New Testament. So Jesus talks about the Advocate, the Spirit that He's going to give. Pentecost happens; the Spirit comes. It changes the way that we inter- that humans interact with God's Spirit significantly. So I think as you know, New Testament believers, we 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 we've, we've, uh, understand that concept fairly well. But let's talk about the spirit in the Old Testament, because there's some stuff going on in this this verse here, That's and how good. the spirit interacts. And so there's in
1: the Hebrew, what would the spirit? So wait, Let's do two things, because you're you're really uh, moving wonderfully. One is that in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit does come at Pentecost. But it didn't just come at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit, and the in spirit there is the pneuma of God, comes in the life of an individual when he or she believes in the Lord. It says that we're born from above. That's if you want to people say things like born again, or hey, you are born from above. There is a spiritual mm. birth where the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. That's what's happening. And when it talks about it, that spirit, it's not, it doesn't change your soul. It's the spirit of God comes to live within that spirit of you. And that literally will change everything. It will change your body, your appetites, your outlook, your behaviors. It has that kind of potential. Prior to the Holy Spirit being released to live in a human being, you have the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the spirit of God is also differentiated from the soul and from the body as well. So in Hebrew, to your point, uh, spirit is ruach. The soul is Nefesh, and then the uh, body is basar. Hmm. And so what, what happened here is we're in the Old Testament. The Spirit of God has not been released to live into an individual because there's sin in us, because we are not a vessel able to receive the gift of new life. We have the, we're not able to be born from above. Hmm. So instead, you get anointed, or the Spirit of God would come upon you to hold you and to lead you. That's how it would work. And so what would happen is you see the scripture saying that the spirit of God would come upon the prophets. The spirit of God many times many times came upon David. So the Ruach of God would come and be, give temporary guidance and leadership to individual. As long as that individual was seeking God, the spirit of God would move hmm. upon them in that way. And so now this is what we see David doing with the Ruach, with the spirit of God comes upon him. And he uses that spirit in him to mess with his spirit. And he uses his eternal truth portion to say to his soul, his chooser, his volition, bless God now. Hmm. All that's within me, everything. I want my body to bless him. I want my thoughts, my feelings to bless him. I want the spirit of life within me to bless God and, and to understand his amazing gifts that he gives us that we can lean into.
0: Mm. So we talk about the the gifts that he gives us. You know, the first line, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Then he says it again, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then this important line, and forget none of his benefits. Right. And so we talked about that in the sermon, but there is clearly a connection. So he says it twice, all that's within me. And then then there's some sort of connection of when we remember his benefits, there is some sort of blessing that goes on there.
1: Well, the, well, the blessing was speaking the benefits. Hmm. And so this is, what, this is where it gets a little amazing and weird at the same time. So hmm. let's acknowledge that God has all these attributes, that they're a part of who he is. He can't help it. It's called the five points of, of Yahweh. And so at the very beginning, when God reveals himself to individuals, especially as he uh, revealed himself to Moses, and Moses said, well, give me a name. And he says, I am, I'm Yahweh, I'll tell you who I am. And in that, then if you look, and and friends, it's uh, Exodus 34, 6, you'll see, and this is how I'm going to describe myself to you. And so he starts describing, and the way that he describes his attributes are almost line for line with David saying here, and so when we see it, what he's doing is these attributes are who God is. They're very much at the core of his being. But God is in heaven. We're on earth. When we literally use our spirit to speak forth those benefits, those attributes of God, we're taking those attributes from heaven and releasing them to planet earth. Mm. We're actually solidifying those very things that make heaven what heaven is. And we're releasing them in this earth, which is finite and dying. And you know what? Uh, I've lived several years and I don't have a lot of hope that we're gonna create this utopic society where everybody's nice. I'm just not seeing it, but we need breath and life from heaven to be on planet earth now. And we get to do that. So we're taking substance from heaven and releasing it on planet earth. So one of our core values,
0: bilingual faith, is you know um, speaking heaven here on earth. And you know Meg, my wife, and I were talking after this sermon about you know speaking the language of heaven here on earth. And I think you're you're saying something on here of of what is that language? It's really in some ways as a believer, uh, whether that's in our personal prayer time or even when we're in conversation with people who are believers or not believers, speaking langu- speaking heaven here on earth is speaking the characteristics of God and sending them into motions.
1: It would, it would, whatever you believe would bless another person. Why would you not speak that Hmm. from your spirit? And so right now I believe that God has my best interest in mind. And I believe that even like in my marriage. And so thank you for being married to uh, my daughter. So this is what I would love for you to do uh, in that marriage is that if you would bring the very best version of yourself, Kurt into that marriage with Meg. And your goal would be not that uh, you would try to make Meg happy, but that your goal would also to be able to see that Meg would be the very best version of herself. So you would bring your best to see her be that best version mm-hmm. if you will do that that's blessing her that's not trying to get anything out of it it's not trying to make her happy mm-hmm. be happy or do things for you so that you can be happy instead it's literally doing what's in her best interest mm-hmm. if you could bring that i'm pretty sure meg's going to be even more phenomenal than she already is mm-hmm. she should also be able to bless you that same way right mm-hmm. and so what we're what i'm saying is it's not just the characteristics what is it you really believe and you want to see? Speak it forth. And if it's of God, if it's a true heavenly, eternal attribute, let it start taking shape and solidifying right now. So could you actually go to heaven, get the water and life of those attributes and enable another person to drink from it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how would that nourish them? That would It would literally physically, emotionally, relationally change them. Yeah. And so the spirit, things of the spirit realm are forever. The good news is that they trump the temporal things, and they even trump our soul, which is how we think and feel. So you're a sharp guy. Um, if you could read every book, if you could figure everything out, uh, you would still pale a comparison to how much there's information in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all the books of life that's ever I mean. All that. So if you could access that versus everything you know, wouldn't, wouldn't that be better? Mm-hmm. So can we get into heaven in our spirit and hear those things that God's really up to and speak those while we're here? That's what I'm trying to say. Is That's happening. good. That's good.
0: So we talked a little bit about the first five chapters and there's so much there to unpack. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was, you know, you in your sermon, you brought up uh, verse 22 as well. And so, bless the Lord, there it is again, all you works of His. Um, in your sermon, you talk about how we are His works. Yes. And so, I thought that was a very uh, profound statement, but we probably didn't have enough time to unpack that. Right. Um, so, what does that relationship look like? What What is He saying there?
1: Yeah, so, our responsibility as spiritual beings who have been born from above, our responsibility is to learn how to run the father's business. And so I look at it this way. God's got a business. It's, a, it's his family business. And I'm not saying he's trying to go out there and make a profit, but God's doing things that are important. That's his business. And the most of what he's doing is, you know, it's creative and all that. It's restoring relationships. It's getting, it's being known. It's getting to know. So that's his business. What he's doing is he's calling us as his sons and daughters to be a part of that family business. So if if you had a family business, uh, and you and your wife ran the business, all right, uh, you at some point would want to also make sure that the children knew the value of that business and maybe even how they could contribute to it. Why? Not because you're trying to work them, but, but you're trying to leave the business to them. In fact, you're probably hoping if you have a family business, that your ceiling becomes their floor. Hmm. Are you with me on that? Mm-hmm. And so that's what God wants from us. He says that the universe is always expanding. This kingdom is always growing and advancing at the same time. He's not looking for us just to figure out the family business. He's looking to have us inherit a portion of it and to take it even further. That's what it That's what it means. And so he's actually told uh, 12 human beings Okay, this is my job description for you all on planet Earth. Jesus is leaving. Go into all the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And literally transform the entire world. He put them about the work of the Father's business. So we are workers. Mm -hmm. And the the work isn't to do checking boxes. The work is that as you lean in and really get to know the heart of God, all that is within me. Now you know how to carry out his work because guess what? You and I are his works. Mm -hmm. And so we're the living example of that relationship that he's wanting to build with other people who don't know him yet. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to be his work. And so, I mean, I kind of joke around every now and I said, man, you're just a real piece of work. It's a, you're a piece of God's work in being able to get to know him. And the more we get to know him, I mean, the, the more beautiful we are as his works. Mm-hmm. So
0: I, I love everything that we talked about one of the things that I want to make sure that we do when we do these little follow-up podcasts from the sermon is practically,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what does this look like to grow? I, I mean, you're growing every day in this as well. This isn't something that we necessarily just all of a sudden get, but bilingual faith, speaking yes. heaven here on earth, speaking the language heaven on earth, what does that look like on a practical level? What do we need to be doing to, to get there? Yeah.
1: Thank you. So first of all, you have to realize there's, there's a threefold portion of your being. There's a physical being, which is Sarks or bazaar in the Hebrew. In that, it's very limited. Five senses going through life and it's going to die. Number two, you have to realize that you are a soul being, that you really are. You have a depth of character. You have a need to belong, to connect. You want to figure things out. You want to to learn. You want to connect with individuals. That's a very important part. And that's called relational, building relationships and making choices. And so your choice is one of the most sacred things that you have or that I have. And the choices that we make really will put us on a trajectory of life or death. It'll either lead us towards the spirit realm or towards the physical realm. And so that is significant. So we need to understand that, that the choices that we make are significant. And then the spirit part of us, whether it's in the Hebrew ruach or if it's in the uh, Greek pneuma, that's that portion that can connect in the spirit realm. That's the portion that can give expression to intangible things such as love, such as mercy, such as truth, right? And so there's a difference between a written documentation of truth and entering into the to the story of another person to really get to know them, why would you write that? Why would you say that? Who poured into your life up to that point? So let's be committed to being a full human Mm -hmm. in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. Let's recognize that if your spirit isn't connecting with the spirit of God, then we need to do something about that. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, by the way, you need to be aware that there's a warning that not everything that is spiritual is of the spirit of God. Mm And so we know that in God's kingdom, there is right and wrong. There mm-hmm. is. And so that's why choices are so important. Who are you are going to choose? In God's kingdom, there really is good and evil. Mm-hmm. And in God's kingdom, there really is a heaven and a hell. And so he's, he's making sure that just because I'm talking about the spirit realm, I'm not talking about the amazing Kreskin. Uh, I'm not talking about, opening yourself up to anything spiritual. I said, so we need to be careful. Is it right? Is it good? Is it of heaven? If that's it, we want to tap into that and we want to seek that, right? Yep. And so that's important just to delineate. So let's make sure we get that. And so truth is critical. And it can be difficult to understand a truth as simple as I'm the one true God and then I'm a threefold being. But if you go to him and, and say, Father God, this is hard for me to understand. Would you begin? And so now you're speaking to him. You're starting the conversation. But if you say, oh, spiritual things, reveal yourself to me. No telling what you're opening the door to. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a truth person there. I've studied all the religions. And I recognize that uh, most of them have something in common, which is they're wanting us to come to a place of trying to earn their validation. Christianity is God already having validated us through the life of Christ, mm-hmm. and so they're very different. We don't have to earn anything. We don't. We don't have to try to gain anything. What we're really trying to do is get to know Him. John seventeen three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just let's make sure you're your spiritual being. But that doesn't mean go go crazy in the spirit. Let spirit begin in truth. Study to show yourself approved. Scripture is very clear on that. And so, so that's step number yeah. one. But in that. When you begin to pray and sense that God's spirit who lives in us is moving us, then what we need to do is say, okay, you're moving me for something. And then we need to find out what that movement is and give life and give expression to Mm -hmm. it. The best way for me to uh, begin that beautiful pilgrimage is to do exactly what David did. Forget none of his benefits. So what does he know to be true about God? Why? Because God said, here's my five points. Friends, go read them, Exodus 34, 6. And so start there. What do you know God really wants for another person? He wants them to come to know him. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit realm, let's say somebody's not listening. You've tried to talk to them about the Lord. Mm-hmm. They just shut it down. How about if you go in the spirit and you say, Spirit of the living God, would you move on that person's heart? And then you wait before you go out and throw out, you know, the four principles, four tracks, or hit them with the Bible. Wait and see if they come to you to ask you a question. Yeah. Now you go, wow, the Spirit's moving. They're open. They're out of place of starting to seek yep. Him. So, you know, I'm looking for real practical things, and that's just in terms of salvation. Yep. But as far as changing my community, I believe that God's Word says that He's looking for a community where every tribe, tongue, and nation seeks Him. Mm-hmm. So in my own community, I'm trying to set up where every tribe, tongue, and nation, where we really come together as community, seeking something greater than ourselves. Yep. And so I give expression to, I spend time building community because that's, that's a spiritual truth that he wants. Right. Yep. And so if we build that, I think there's more room for him to move. He doesn't move in areas where there's no uh, community. He's looking to where people are really seeking him. Yep. Yep.
0: And I, I think that there, there's a heart um, thing there. And so one of the, uh, I'll share this. I'm talking to a, a young guy who I'm discipling and and he's giving his life to the Lord and recommitting his life to the Lord. And, you know, he talked about the Bible is so daunting, you know, it is for someone who doesn't, who doesn't read that. And so I, I, I was saying, you know, one of the things that is true is that the Lord wants us to connect with him, not just plow through the Bible, and not get it. Right. So, you know, maybe read two sentences or a paragraph and really start to live in that and the same with prayer life and i think for all believers as we mature i mean this is something that i'm maturing in as well um there's circumstantial prayers and that's good it's good and 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 walking alongside that when when he feels temptation or he he needs something you know those circumstance prayers but challenging him too to just spend time with jesus whether that's a prayer walk or just spending time in that spiritual realm and getting connection there is really important and so Even it's something, you know, when you're discipling someone, you're as much speaking to yourself as you are the other person and reminding yourself of those. And so that's something that's been really practical. And your sermon really helped me with that is how am I um, connecting that spiritual realm, not necessarily even for any benefits, but to really understand and be in that connection so that when circumstances arise, I can speak heaven here on earth. And it's a challenge when I'm not feeding my soul and blessing the lord with with, yeah. with
1: everything I, I do. I call it going a little bit deeper so if you again look in the hebrew and you look in the greek different words very clearly used so they didn't have to they could just say oh you know yep. and i'm being and it mean you know you're conscious it could be all that but they didn't they they lined it out and the significance of this is that there is a difference when you are doing something of a spiritual nature. It is different than when you're just doing it in your soul. Sure. So you could even read God's word in your soul and then pause and say, I'm just going to reflect on that. That would be one thing. But if you went to what you were talking about and you did it and you went spirit and you said, hey, God, like you're talking to a real living spirit, Mm -hmm. God. And you said, I'm not sure what this means. Would you talk to me? Would you teach me about this? You speak to me, would you, Lord? That's where you go to. That's where you go into that next level. Mm Now you're in that spirit realm. It's not you just doing the best you can, and so you know that's the power of it. And I love it because it's also in prayer. So let's say we should pray. We know certain things that we should pray for, right? But do we really know that when we're praying, we have the opportunity to take things that are answers in heaven and impart them to where there are often no answers to earth? Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, I felt the Lord stirring me to uh, pray for a uh, a believer to start uh, start moving in a way to have some answers for COVID. Mm-hmm. And so what this is my thought pattern, is that in heaven there are no germs, there's no diseases, there's not even death, there's none of that. And so the if you will, the atmosphere of heaven doesn't have this problem that we have on planet Earth. Right? Mm-hmm. Of course, there's no death in heaven either. So heaven has access to a lot of stuff that we don't hear. Heaven also has the answers to all time, whether the time was backwards or even forward. And so when John writes the book of Revelation, he pops his head up. He's seen things in the future, in the past, Mm -hmm. and they're all moving at the same time. How cool would that be to get to see stuff like that, right? So a human being really did see that. His name was John. He was on the island of Patmos. It happened. And so he recorded, and it's one of the weirdest books you'll read in the Bible, the book of Mm -hmm. Revelation. So anyway, we could now look up and say, Lord, there's this COVID thing. Is there an answer that you would have me pray for that could i release something on planet earth because earth doesn't have the answer so far there's there's no answer we're going in the wrong direction and so what we're paying for it is we're seeing people physically hurting we're seeing relationships stall where they could be connected and growing in your soul that's not happening in our spirit we're seeing people feeling like you know like they're in a place of isolation mm-hmm. where we could be going deep and growing in our spirit in this time because we have less distractions mm-hmm. and less mm-hmm. dramas going mm-hmm. on. And so that's kind of how I'm praying. Uh, and Lord from heaven, would you release some kind of an answer yep. that just really moves COVID to where it's not moving against your kingdom, but your kingdom is prevailing over it. Yep, yep.
0: All right. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, and so yeah. thank you for taking the time for this. And um, yeah, I, I from you your sermon, cut,
1: you might want to cut that COVID part out, huh? It's a little radical. <laughs> no,
0: it's fine. No, it's good. I, I think, I think that's the. It's important for us as believers to, you know, we talk about this. We're reading a book called Circle Maker. Yeah. Part of this is getting our prayers to be heaven sized <laughs> You know, the Lord wants to do stuff through us. Are we ready? And are we at a place where we're receiving those prayers? Because I don't think in today's world he doesn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity. And so I think that there are some real things that the Lord wants to do and break through here on the, in, in the in mm-hmm. the world. And it's it's us as believers, um, big and small things. You know, I think the Lord is going to be moving in a way uh, where He is going to be calling us as Christians to do things um that may make us uncomfortable or hopefully fresh callings and fresh words um that when you put them all together as a tapestry you can really begin to see the lord work and so i really think that uh that's my prayer for us as a community but also as a church and when i say church i mean a global church you know we have to remember all the things that are happening around the world um that there will be a tapestry of of god-sized callings that that make a beautiful thing to begin to repair and heal as much as we can because that's what we're called to is we're in the restoration business and so um yeah so thank you so much for this time it's something that we want to do every time that you preach and hopefully we'll get you know eddie and dave as well because i know as as sermon givers or preachers you always have more in you than what you just share in the 30 minutes
1: yeah because you study hard and then you want to make sure you get it right but there's only so much time So I do appreciate it. I want to solidify something you just said, though. Hmm. It was very powerful in terms of that tapestry as we come together. And you said that it it can be really, in a sense, you're saying it's initiated through the life of the believer, because we're his works, and through our prayers, which is giving expression to those things that we believe need to happen. Well, you're in great company when you say that, because if you go to the Lord's model prayer, Hmm. he teaches us to pray just exactly the way that you said, Kurt. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, and you can finish it for me on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's also in the command form. Mm-hmm. So it'd be another way to say it is: Come now, kingdom of God on earth. Yep. Come now, kingdom of God on earth. And so it's not even just these big things. You said it so well. I'm just jazz. If we were virtually, I'd be jumping up and down, high five. And but it, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Break, you know, heal our relationships where, we're, where we have forgiveness issues. Stop the evil. That's all these very basic, pragmatic things, but also get heaven on earth mm. now. Yeah. You're just awesome, man. That's thank good. you for this time.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, thank you. We'll do it again. This yeah. is really fun. So, anyway, uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks with Redeem Midweek Podcast.